With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenny Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. How I praise the Lord for this open door, this heaven-bought privilege that our Lord allows us day after day together by the radio, open His eternal Word and study the Word of God together. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time out, get your Bible, and let's study God's Word and allow the Lord to speak to our heart from His Word today. For the days of this week on the broadcast, we've been looking at questions and answers concerning missions. And we use a verse of Scripture in John chapter 8, verse number 32, where the Word of God said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And I've said to you many times that truth produces freedom, but ignorance produces bondage. One of the reasons the devil loves to keep us in ignorance in so many areas is because of the bondage it produces in our life. But in any subject of your Christian life, the more you know of the truth of the Word of God about that matter, then the more liberty and freedom you'll enjoy in that portion of your Christian life. So I've taken the days this week, and we just looked at very basic questions concerning missions. I began on Monday by asking the question, what is missions? We determined by the Word of God that in its simplest form, missions is simply someone going somewhere telling somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. In a more technical term, mission means God calling men and their families out of local churches, and then the church sending them to go somewhere else in the world, preach the gospel, lead people to Christ, baptize them, and then establish local New Testament churches. We looked at the question, where is the mission field? And we determined from the Word of God that every sinner is a mission field, and therefore every saved person is to be a missionary. But a mission field is anywhere there's lost people. There's a mission field on your street. There's a mission field in your state and across the states. And there are multitudes of mission fields across the sea. Wherever there are sinners, there's a need for someone to go tell them that God loves them, Christ died for them, and they can be saved by simply hearing the gospel and believing and receiving the gospel of the grace of God. Then we looked at question number three. Where did missions begin? And we determined from the Word of God that it's a New Testament doctrine, essentially beginning with the giving of the Great Commission. But every New Testament doctrine also has its type in Old Testament truths. And so we went back to Genesis chapter number three, and there we found the first picture of missions in action. Adam and Eve had sinned against the Lord, and therefore the judgment of God was hanging over their head. But instead of killing them, God came to the Garden of Eden. Therefore, God himself becomes the first missionary. The Garden of Eden becomes the first mission field. Then Adam and Eve become the first missions converts. And God set up a principle that missionaries would leave their home and go where the sinners were, 
and give them the message of salvation by the grace of God. And so missions began in typology there in Genesis chapter number 3. Then we looked, of course, at the Great Commission, and we saw how that the Lord commissioned the church to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So we looked at the question, what is missions? Where is the mission field? And when did missions begin? And then we looked at the question, why do missions continue? And I said, do you missions continue? Because God never changes. There are still sinners in the world, and God still loves them too much to allow his people, Christian people, to stay home and the sinners go to hell without hearing the gospel of the grace of God. So God still calls missionaries, and then he commands the church to commission them, support them, pray for them, and help them go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then we looked at the thought, what is a mission conference? And again, I emphasize the mission conference is a most important business meeting of any church in any given year. The reason being, there's not but one item of business on the agenda. That is the fate of lost souls. And before the meeting is over, then every member is asked to vote on what we're going to do about sinners who have not heard the gospel. We do not vote by raising our hand or by signing a secret ballot or by all in favor, let it be known by saying aye. But by our giving, we vote for the lost to hear the gospel so that they might be saved and go to heaven with us. By our not giving, we vote for them to go on to hell without having the gospel preached to them and the opportunity to be saved by the marvelous grace of God. And then I looked at the thought in a more technical sense. What is a mission meeting? And a mission meeting, I said to you, is a series of services that are set aside with special emphasis on missions. Generally, you have one main speaker who comes in and will preach and teach the people concerning missions. You say, why, preacher? Again, I go back to my text verse. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Ignorance produces bondage, but knowledge and truth produces liberty. And the reason there is no greater burden for missions in our churches today is simply because there is no better understanding of what the Bible teaches concerning missions. The average member in our Baptist churches believe that missions is just some sideline that some folk are involved in, and they look at it as if to say, I guess it's a good thing, but they do not understand that this Bible and the God of this Bible commands us that we go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The average church member does not realize that if we do not reach our generation, in our generation, then their blood will drip from our fingertips at the judgment seat of Christ, and we'll give an account to God for why we did not obey his commission and go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. May I say to you, dear friend, this morning that even those who are involved in the work of missions are usually involved in their denominational program. And I'm not here to attack any program, but the problem with denominational missions giving is that it removes the burden of 
of missions from the heart of the church to the headquarters of their convention. And by doing so, it not only removes the burden, but it also removes their involvement in the work of missions. God wants us to know about our missionaries. God wants us to know about the need that's there. And God wants us to know those people whom we are involved with. So when you have a denomination program, it robs a church of the burden of missions that it should have. And then it robs the church of the blessings from the missionaries that they should be enjoying and they will enjoy if they have a personal knowledge of the burden and the field where the missionary labors and the missionary himself. So denominational missions remove the burden of missions from the heart of the church to the headquarters of the convention. And then denominational missions literally rob the missionary of much of the money that's given. It would be surprising to you to find out what percentage of the money that you give that you thought was going to missions ever makes it to the missionary. So my friend, God's plan is that if the church have a mission meeting and a man of God preach and teach on missions and establish that church in the truth of the word of God concerning missions, then they get a Bible-based missions program that will not only affect the work of missions around the world, but it will affect that local church in an unbelievable manner. I have had the privilege to see many churches transformed just by simply understanding and participating scriptural missions and watch God send revival and really change the life of a church to the good for the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, for the last couple of moments of the broadcast today, let me just take a moment, and if I have time, I want to tell you seven things that a Bible-based mission program will do for your local church. Number one, a missions program that honors Christ, that is scriptural, will build the faith of your local church. The missionaries will come in and share their experiences, their blessings, and God will use the expounding of scriptures, the experiences that are shared, and the expressions of satisfaction to God's blessings upon their life. God will use that to build the faith of your local church. Missions and a mission program that is scriptural will build a fire in your church. God will ignite a flame in the heart of the people. They get involved in reaching people across the sea, and they want to reach people across the street. A missions program that honors Christ will build the fellowship in a local church. Churches do not split anymore over doctrinal issues. They split over little trivial things, such as what design is supposed to be on the curtains or drapery in the nursery. And I ask myself, why do Christians split over such trivial things? And the answer is, they don't have anything any more important on their heart. But when you get a church aware that the world is going to hell and we're going to stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ as to why we did not reach them and their blood dripped from our fingertips, then that church will unite together to send out the gospel by way of missionaries so that sinners can be saved by the grace of God. A mission program that is scripturally based will build the faith of the church. It'll build the fire in the church. It'll build the fellowship in the church. It will literally build the finances 
of that local church. You see, God will not let you outgive him. And as you give out, God will give in to that local church in a tremendous manner. Then number five, a mission program that honors Christ will build a field of that local church. While you as a member and the membership of your church are reaching sinners there in your city, in your community, then your missionaries are an extension ministry of your local church reaching other sinners in other places around the world. Then, my friend, a mission program that pleases God will build the future of your church. I'm not saying there would not be any church problems in a church that has a Bible-based missions program, but I will say to you, dear friend, that God will put his peace, his protection, his power, and his presence where someone has taken the Great Commission to heart. You see, the Great Commission is the heart of God, and when it becomes the heart of your church, then God and your church draw very nigh to each other. Finally, a mission program that honors God will build the final reward of your church at the judgment seat of Christ. Your beautiful building will not be there. Your padded pews will not be there. Your sound system, your air conditioner, your property will not be there. But one of the greatest rewards of the judgment seat of Christ will be when we see our missionaries bringing their fruit and we meet them for the first time. Well, I could preach on for a long time, but these are just some questions and answers about missions that you need to understand. Father, take the word, use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white. It's harvest time. Well, I trust you enjoyed the broadcast today. Let me encourage you that you pray for the broadcast, that the Lord would bless it and use it to the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, I want to encourage you that you write to us and share with us in the financial burden of the radio ministry. Simply address that letter to Harvest Time, 179, Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179, Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Oh, do not.